All right. This week we're doing it live. No rehearsal, no second takes, no second chances. You're listening to the Bingo Hall Boys, the premier wrestling podcast in sports entertainment. <laughs> I'm Mitch. Are you Jim, looking? Co-host Jake. Oh. And I just interrupted him. He interrupted me. No second chances. Nope. We're doing it on the fly. I was going to say, if you're looking for a wrestling podcast by two straight married white dudes, this is uh, this is finally the show for you. <laughs> All about that key demo. <laughs> I stepped on the introductions. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Jake. I'm Mitch. Jake, how are you doing today? Doing all right, man. Um, insane work week. Uh, so I went into Dynamite today. I didn't even know the card. I was like, all right, let's uh, let, let's go. So uh, yeah, I had to catch up on rumors and news and all that stuff during dynamite which was pretty fun had a whole second screen experience everything's going good um still not used to the waking up when it's dark and coming home from work when it's dark thing that um that's taking a bigger toll than i thought other than that i'm doing okay how uh how about you well uh, after two years of somehow magically dodging it be one of the most exposed people you meet the Rona has finally caught up with me, so I am working from home this week. Um, luckily for me, or unluckily, I guess, depending how you look at things. I was much sicker than this three weeks ago, so I feel actually not terrible right now. It feels like a, a normal head cold or something like that. Um, felt a lot worse a few weeks ago, so I don't know if that makes me lucky or unlucky that I was sicker before, but here I am, we're alive, we're surviving. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a good thing. I mean, it kind of stinks that, you know, you've got the thing and you have to quarantine, but yep. Like, uh, like we're doing now, you can do everything on zoom. You don't have to, uh, don't really have to worry about too much. So it, it costs me, at least it's not during track season. That would be its own thing. Yeah. I mean, like we're, we're training and everything, but yeah, no competitions or anything yet. And I've got some good co-coaches, so they'll, keep the ship afloat while I'm away this week and still still stuff I can do behind the scenes and it cost me a grand total of two working hours this week for a couple little kids that it just won't work online with so yeah. well, hopefully hopefully you're better by this weekend I hope so too I was planning on having a couple buddies over for full gear clearly that's not <laughs> But uh, you know what? Maybe one of them will catch COVID as well, and then we can just be like, "Yeah, we've already caught it. What's it gonna hurt?" Impromptu bubble. Yeah, it'll be uh, be like chicken box parties all over again, except we both already <laughs> have them. Except respiratory failures on the board. You Don't know, really get to with the chicken box. Chicken box when I was in grade one. So you want to talk about the drizzling shits of circumstances? Chick- I guess. Younger listeners may not realize this since, and I didn't know this until a few years ago. There's a chicken pox vaccine now. That's a mm-hmm. thing. Like, you don't have to get it anymore. But when you and I were kids, I mean, chicken pox parties were the thing, right? You just got exposed to it, got it over with, because it's way worse when you get it as an adult. I've never had it. What? Never had it. All right. Well, try not to get it now. Well, doctor said that I am highly unlikely to get it if i hadn't gotten it my brother had it my half brother got it so obviously my blood is better um 
but yeah, I uh, there's a couple things that I haven't done that I hear as an adult get way worse, like wisdom teeth. I still have my wisdom teeth because they were never a problem. And now I'm, you know, approaching mid thirties very quickly and I still have them. So uh, it, it could be, it could be really rough for your guy. I got one that was impacted when I got it removed. And that was by a sizable margin, the worst pain I've ever been in, in my life. I, I can imagine was sitting in class trying like I didn't even have painkillers yet because I didn't know anything was wrong and oh my god did that hurt I gotta t- tell you a story of the fattest I've ever felt in my life <laughs> so I had to get um, a root canal and uh, afterwards they were like you're, you're done you can have all the ice cream you want it was first thing in the morning like first thing in the morning I get out of my appointment and it's like, it's eight 30 AM. Like I went in early, early, like before they opened, they did me a solid and they're like, get ice cream, just go through the drive through, get ice cream, go home. Like you, you, you need to be taken care of. I roll into the McDonald's and I was like, can I get a chocolate shake? and a spoon and they were like what no no it's it's 8 30 our ice cream machine's not on yet and i was like okay um thank you ma'am let me go across the street to the burger king um may i get a chocolate shake and the lady was like um yeah sure fat ass <laughs> she didn't say it but i i felt it I felt it. And obviously like I'm I'm not like giant but it's like I am a bigger guy so like there's there's shame in getting ice cream at then 8:45 in the morning I got my chocolate shake. Here's the kicker. They gave me a straw. So I had to go all the way back through to be like can I have a spoon for my breakfast milkshake? So yeah, that was uh, that was that was quite the moment. So we'll see. I, I think if I ever do have to get another procedure like that or get wisdom teeth out, I think I'm just gonna stock up on ice cream beforehand. But yeah, Speaking last week was the Miz. This one's on me. Well story we've all been waiting for no it is not the impending return of the elite no it is not Soraya and Brit it is the biggest scandal in chess history (laughs) saga 2022 continues this time let's go across a video it has I know I know nothing so I'm just gonna give you the floor where we left off we established that the anal bead theory was clearly meant as a joke. <laughs> Nobody in the chess community was taking it seriously. It was essentially supposed to be a meme-type gag. Mainstream media ran with it, of course, because that's a fantastic story. Well, the internet is going to internet, and a YouTuber has tried to do just that and took a butt plug and turned it into a chess cheating device. He walked us through the process. 
pulled out the original motor, did his little electronic modifications, had to shave a significant portion of the rubber out from the inside of the uh, the plug because it was too it was too dense to hold all of the electronic material. Got it crammed in there, got it super glued back shut, a little bit of flashing, so probably not the most comfortable device he could have molded, but it was more more theoretical exercise. Built a, built a transmitter, ran a engine through a program, changed about, he said he only had to change about four or five lines of code to get it to reroute, and it would send vibrating pulses through the bead to indicate which... Uh, like which row and which file to move. And he tested it out. He found one of his friends who was a very skilled player, played one game without cheating, got trounced, played one game cheating every single move. By about move 30, the player he was playing against was 100% convinced something fishy was going on, so it was very obvious he was mm-hmm. cheating. But the, uh, the device worked. The guy had no idea where the cheating was coming from, had no idea how he was doing it. Very easy to conceal. No, he didn't shove it up his butt for real. I think he tucked it into his armpit or just kind of like stuck it in the back of his pants or something. I was going to say, Mythbusters have gotten really weird. Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) there's a little bit of quality control with this study, so it's going to warrant further investigation with, you know, a proper full-scale simulation. But, (laughs) yeah, the, the interesting note was if you built such a device it would actually be incredibly easy because it would be even simpler to program. The ones at that level don't need a big hint. One little clue, like twice a game is enough to turn the tides. So one or two buzzes in a six hour period is going to do it. So it has been done. Anal Saga well, 22 continues. Speaking of buzz, I hear there's a lot of buzz around someone who had some trademarks filed. Mitch, if you will. Yes, so the artist formerly known as Sasha Banks, and I say that convincingly because... Or the artist still known as Sasha Banks. Well, this is the key. She is now being advertised for non-wrestling appearances as formerly known as Sasha Banks. This is now on her publicity posters. That does not rule her out from returning to WWE, not by a long shot, but... It does create a conversation, at least. I don't know how to pronounce any of these words. I don't think I have the capability of understanding this lingo. So I'm going to read it how I think okay. it's supposed to be said. <laughs> I was going to say, I can I can take it from here if you want. So the interest... The apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> so the interesting thing here is that a lot of these things are filed not from her, but from a company that um, is called Solnado. Solnado, Solnado, it's supposed to be after her last name, right? I don't even know how to pronounce her last name. Right. So I don't know what that's like, what that means. Um, Michael Dawkins, who is the wrestling trademark dude, he's the attorney that everyone goes to, has filed on behalf of the company the following quote. Statement maker Mercedes money or mun, it's money, Mercedes money spelled M O N E, money talks spelled M O N E, and bank money. 
Uh, the trademarks are for entertainment and merchandising purposes. Let's look at it. Jewelry, pins, you know, being that decal stickers, posters made of paper, trading cards, uh, coffee mugs, glasses, water bottles, sold empty. Had to throw that in there. Hats, leggings, shirts, socks, bandanas, sweatshirts, hoodies, action figure, toys, action figures, accessories, therefore, entertainment services in the nature of live audio performances by an actor or musician, so on, so forth. And then we get into like the wrestling stuff. Um, I'm guessing that this is just a giant catch-all. So she owns all of her stuff. That's undeniable. Everything goes through her and her company. Um, I think the first domino to fall, if she is going to be, how do I want to word this? If she's leaving WWE, she will have a pro wrestling tea store with a lot of this stuff on there. Now, whether that happens before she would show up in AEW, who knows? That's her call. Ultimately, it's her call. Um, I don't know. I'm still of the mind that she's going to return to WWE. Um, Survivor Series is up in Boston. It would be Royal weird. Rumble is just around the corner. They've already announced all but one person for their big war games match and i'm still assuming she's showing up as a package deal wherever she goes oh with uh okay what what's it's trinity something yeah fatu i assume okay ah yeah 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 so I'm of the mind that I'm not putting any stock into anything until she shows up. What are the odds that like, how do you interpret this? Where do you see things playing out? Because I'm incredibly kind of like hands off. I'm I could go either way, but at this point she's really just trolling her fans and the people who are excited to see her go somewhere to the point where if I were a fan, I would be beyond annoyed. And just ready to get this over with. I think whatever's happening is happening very, very soon. I don't know if it'll be Survivor Series and they do like an injury angle to get two of them into the match as like a dumb, meaningless swerve for no reason. I don't know if she makes a surprise appearance at full gear. I don't know if she makes a surprise appearance for like a show contending for the, the IWGP women's title. She's teased that too. Wherever she goes... I think it's happening very, very soon. She started posting a lot more pictures of her training again with uh, some of her kind of Lucha friends and all that. So I think the return is is very close now. Where it goes, I mean, I don't even think we can read too much into the trademarks. She could trademark these and go right back to being Sasha Banks and just keep these in her back pocket mm-hmm. right there. She would not be the first or last wrestler to do something like that. So. Right. Well, I don't really have a read on where she's going. I have heard both reports saying she wouldn't accept wrestling bookings until January 2023. I've heard rumors saying, and all from people who are usually fairly credible, saying different things here. Some saying she's already out of her contract. 
some like staking their reputation on that, some saying, no, she's not under contract, she's actually confirmed to be back, and everywhere in between. So I don't think we can put stock in what any one source is saying on this issue, and we just got to wait and see. The thing that would make the most sense is that she's still under contract. That would make the most sense, yes. Um, well, there's too many people involved in WWE high up. Like, they would know if she's under contract or not. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all of it's just very bizarre. Um, put a percent on the odds of her showing up at full gear. 15% maybe? I don't think it's right. right. It feels it feels very low. I was thinking 10. A legitimate huge surprise if it happened. Yep. I I don't think it's very likely. But that leads us into our main topic this week. Full Gear 2022 uh show that I was kind of on the fence for. I didn't really have any expectations coming into this week, but after this dynamite, I am so hyped for this. Which is insane because this was kind of like a an average to below average dynamite for me. And uh I'm so excited for the pay-per-view. I think that it's probably in the mid-range of his best go-home shows. Tony Khan's not really known for having like incredibly I think he's had one or two like really awesome go-home shows. This wasn't one of them. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like looking at the way that he books, um, I think if there weren't a Friday show, the dynamites would just be off the chain, uh, which we can get to uh, rampage stuff later because he's, he is rampage feels like a fever dream. Every single week I look at the lineup and I'm like, this is insane. It's (laughs) insane that someone's like, all of this is a great idea strung together. Um, Do you just want to start with the main event? Let's do it. Box and MJF for the big one. Is it just me or was the main event segment disappointing? It was weird. I I mean, the crowd didn't seem into it at all. Oh, this crowd sucked. This crowd sucked all night. I don't know. So we, we don't have the traditional feed that's on TBS. Um, I watch on fight internationally. Um, You watch on. Yes. And. TSN. <laughs> um so yeah so our audio dynamics and everything are different than the majority i thought this crowd was terrible all yeah. night all night um which kind of gives me some pause about what you know new jersey would look like but we'll we'll see we'll see we'll get there we'll get there um i thought the main event segment was very bizarre I thought it was the it was it basically just summed up every single promo that led up to now instead of saying anything different or new. It was kind of just like the oh by the way we gotta uh, repeat some stuff. No one no one broke new soil here. No one no one went deeper than they had before, um, which is a disappointment because leading up to this like even just last week. Both guys had awesome promos. MJF this entire time has just had banger after banger. Um, I was a little disappointed by this, but going into the main event of one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year, I'm still super excited for the match, and I don't know what to expect. I still don't know who's winning and how. 
Mm. We talked about it a bit last week. It's the business of things moving forward where personally I wouldn't have MJF win the title for a little bit longer, but I get why you'd want to pull the trigger on him doing it now. He's in the A24 movie that's coming out. He's not like in, he's not the star of the movie by any means. He's like, he's basically a throwaway character. I wouldn't be shocked if he's already wrapped, but it's still something. Mm-hmm. It's a wrestling movie from A24. It, it can get buzz if they put their muscle behind it. No pun intended. And this could be a huge deal. Him doing interviews as the AEW champion. Him walking carpets as the AEW champion. You you can't buy that kind of stuff. So I, I part of me is just like, you got to do it with MJF. Because then you can have the feud with Ethan page afterwards and all those guys, you could do Wardlow. There's so many directions that you could go in that, you know, all of the people that are pissed off at MJF, we can run back all of the feuds except for Cody. We can do Darby for the title jungle boy for the title. We can do all of this. Sean Dean undefeated versus MJF. Give him a title shot. But by the same means, like what I want to happen is for the the double switch where Mox just goes full blown heel and cheats to win. And the crowd is pissed and he's like giving him the finger. William Regal's cackling and uh, we have full blown heel John Moxley, which is something we have not had. Since what his his like independent days before FCW, you know his version of being the bad guy in WWE, like the whole weird hyper vaccinated gas mask wearing weirdo, uh, like boy, yep. <laughs> bizarre, bizarre stuff. Um, we haven't seen that, and I know for a fact he would do amazing, and that's that's really what I want. I want heel champ mocks. Um, man, if you were to go out on a limb and go through what the right choice is, where would you land? I, I, I think the right choice is probably to pull the trigger on MJF. I think factoring everything in, there's just there's a lot more ground in terms of feuds to go with, and it doesn't necessarily mean we can't get heel box down the road still. He is signed for a long time yet. There's there's plenty of run left to, to do that. I, I think I, I go to MJF looking at who you're trying to elevate up the card, your Ethan Pages, your Ward Lowe's. Honestly, it'll get Hangman back into the scene again in a way that's relevant with their history. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it makes too much sense for everybody else in the company to, to go with MJF right now. I don't know how he does it. I don't know if he cheats. I don't know if Regal turns. I don't know if the firm helps him and then turns on him because Ethan Page is getting the title shot and that was the master plan. Like, I don't know, but I do think MJF wins. I like the idea of the pinnacle coming out to help. 
I mean, if we're if we're gonna do something, you could play up the, you know, everyone else like FTR and Sean Spears are like, let's go, and we're those like, no, fuck this dude, and he kind of has to like reluctantly do that, and then it's like, well, I don't know, you could do something along those lines because wow. again, this is a faction based company, um, which by the way. For the two people that were looking forward to us doing like a, a faction game this week, we're pushing that back. Whenever we don't have anything to talk about and we just want to have some fun, we'll do something then. Um, I think Mox could try to cheat and lose and that snaps him and he becomes healed. There's, there's a number of ways you can go. Um, and I think that there are some definitive wrong ways you can go. And I think one of those is Regal siding with MJF it's I haven't seen it I I don't know how similar it is but it feels extremely similar to the shit that Paul Heyman does with Roman Reigns in WWE where it's just you know like jumping from one dude to the other in the main event picture people will draw the comparisons and plus like the whole faction is named after William Regal. It would be fucking weird if the Blackpool Combat Club continued without Regal. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, which has me excited. Because sometimes the best thing to do is the right thing to do. And I think that's MJF as champion. And I never thought that I would be here where I'm like, you have to put the title on the guy now. But here we are. All right. Would I wrap? Would I rather have Punk for MJF? A little bit, a little bit. Don't hold on to that dream. Yeah, I know. We're not seeing that. All right, that's one of the big picture matches. What match are you looking forward to the least on the card? Uh, I touched on it last week. You tried to talk me out of it, and I was still kind of like, uh, I don't. It's the TBS title match. Um. Best case scenario, it's a squash. Jade looks amazing. Um, but we also haven't seen someone physically dominate Jade. So that aspect of it could be really fun. But I don't think the crowd is going to get behind either one. I think it's going to just be death. And I think it's going to be all the stuff that people say negatively about the women's division and how no one is over. Because I don't think the crowd's going to give it a chance. Um maybe i because they're not as bought in i mean jade is a star she does move numbers nyla not as much she's she's a monster she's the women's division lance archer um yeah i just i i'm penciling this down as it could be the worst women's match in like aew history um there have been some stinkers. Pay-per-view history. Pay-per-view history. Right, 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 right. Getting worse than Evil East Thunder Rosa. Like, but I mean, but it is a it's a it's a, it's a well, right. But it's a title match, though. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like it, so I do have to put that qualifier on it. I'm the least excited for that one, but like I said, there are some things there that are intriguing to me. Um, I would I will have a stroke if Nyla Rose wins. And gives Jade her first loss. Like that would be sheer, sheer insanity. Sheer insanity. I I think 
the build for this was designed to do two things. One, to give us a look at comedy Nyla, because that's the Nyla that has the best chance at resonating. You know, her Twitter shit's hilarious. And the other thing was to drag out a feud so that we can probably wait for Statlander to return. And if it's not Statlander, it's probably that 15% chance that Sasha Monet money shows up. Either way, I think this was a stall tactic. I mean, if Mercedes comes to AEW, I think that she's, it's not a hot take, she's the biggest free agent right now. Oh, easily. Um, yeah. And it would be a huge get. And I think that she would instantly be in the top five of most talented women on the roster. Like instantly. Instantly gives you credibility. Instantly gives you a star in that division. Instantly gives you a, a whole myriad of like what if matchups that you could do. Jade is the obvious opponent opponent because the last thing you want to do is put her in the whole Brit, yeah, Soraya, Tony Storm, Jamie Hader, uh, Thunder Rosa, like this that whole that crash. that whole thing is such such a mess right now. This could pull Soraya out of that too, with the history of how. Well, we'll get we'll get to her. That's a different topic. Yep. Um. But since I brought her up, quick check-in. What's your vibe on Thunder Rosa right now? Because mine is not good. I don't think she's coming back to the company. I think if she, sh- it's, I think it's going to be like MJF a double or nothing. Show up, drop the title in two minutes, except this time she ain't coming back four months later. Like, she's not coming back like MJF did on a big fat. It's weird. I think it's show up, drop the title. No sell at Austin Aries style and fuck off forever. That's the last so. My read of the situation could be different than yours, but kind of piecing everything together. Um, how do I want to say this? She's avoiding getting cleared. If that makes sense, where I think she's been medically cleared by some doctors but she still says that there's a problem. So the doctors are like, I don't really know. And from every thing that I've gotten, she's been asked to come back and has said, I'm not ready. Um, which is why the general tone is like, all right, fucking whatever. And I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Tony storm wins on, uh, on Sunday and we just get the graphic women's champion, uh, you know, is- like, I-, I mean, they could do that. Whichever person wins on Sunday. It doesn't even have to be Tony. You can just run that graphic and run with it. it well, means- I mean, we can we can talk about we we went from my least interesting match to <laughs> the match that I think has before one match was announced for the show officially. I think my match of the night very possibly could be Tony Storm defending the title against our girl Jamie Hader. I, I think this could easily be the best AEW title match for the women's division ever. It, it should be. There's there's zero reason for it not to be. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of expectation. But, I mean, these two... Well, women, and these are two women that take pride in said, their are, abilities. These are the ones that will step up and meet that opportunity and knock it out of the fucking park. I am so excited for this match. I think we're going to get exposed to how some of these women 
have wrestled when they've wrestled overseas with some of the best Japanese women in the world. As Jamie Hader reminded me, she still never lost either of her stardom titles. They were yep. pushed due to the pandemic. They were not yep. lost with those weird Japanese rules where you can't make one thing and your title's gone forever. You may not even get a right because that's Japanese wrestling for you. But this match will be absolutely incredible. I'm insanely hyped for it. Um, I just want the drama with Rose and the title picture to be over. Just show the graphic. I don't need an explanation. I don't care. Just remove the interim tag and let's move on. The other thing I thought was really interesting in the Thunder Rosa saga, not to drag it back too much, but before there was a lot of dark women that were booked that were doing a lot of mission pro wrestling stuff mm -hmm. with Thunder Rosa's company. We don't see them as much, partially because now they have to fly them in a little more. Like they're not doing mm -hmm. multiple tapings of Daly's Place, so flying them in from Texas and surrounding area if you're on the East Coast, is a bigger cost. I get that part. But and they're not really running down there. No, exactly, right? The other aspect the of this is Maria Canellis, new AEW employee, runs her promotion, Women's Wrestling Army, and I have seen a lot more people mentioning that one who have AEW connections, and I have not heard a whisper about Mission Pro for quite a long time with anybody AEW related. And I think that is the most telling thing of all right now. I think that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I like that you added that. Um, as, as much as I want to talk about this, this match, um, everyone knows our feelings on Jamie Hayter. I don't think that Tony Storm is getting the credit she deserves for running this division right now. She's been an amazing champion. She's been the best champion they've had, I think. Like I, I even like this more than Britt Baker's reign. I just, I mean, part of that is TV. Well, Britt didn't really have anyone to defend yeah, against. There, there are a bunch of factors as to why I don't think it's Britt's fault that it is. I think if you put it in Britt's hands now, she could do just as well. But this is my favorite champion run we've had so far. Well, I mean, she's just had in a very short amount of time just a bunch of really great matches. Um, yeah, I, I think she's amazing. And I think that she needs to hold on to this title for a very long time. Um, as, as much as I would love to see Jamie Hayter get hers. It's, it's not the time you can feel it. If they pulled the trigger now, I would, I would be interested in what they do with Tony storm next. Uh, because the wrong thing to do would be take the title off of her and then just ice her. Um, she is one of I think she's the best woman on the roster right now. So her as your champion is is exactly it. Keep it like this. I'm looking forward to the match, even though we basically know the result. I think it's going to be great, and um, I, I think we're looking at you know the female match of the year. So what about you? What's your? Uh, uh, we got to talk before we get into like the big big stuff. Let's get one one of these uh, undercard matches out of the way because there's 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 a like three or four matches I do not give a shit about on this card. Well, on the topic of our least favorite matches, I am not looking forward to Jungle Jack or Luchasaurus in it. Right? Oh, I have zero. Okay. This match. Okay. It is my least look forward to match. If I, I thought I was break this on an, an island. No, I. 
I don't know what the future is for either of these guys, but this feud is not it, and I don't think it's helping. We had the one cool spot where Jack actually started to look credible with the and the angles they got on it with the table spot with Luchasaurus were cool, but I am so ready to move on from this. Christian Cage in a sling makes me think I don't get to, but I'm ready to move on, and I'm not hyped for this match at all. I'm not either, but I'm interested in what's next. This match could die a death in front of a crowd. Um, I'm kind of expecting it to. We were talking about it last week. Match placement on these really long pay-per-views are, are, is so important. And a lot of people don't have the fingers on the pulse of how Tony Khan books. So the placement of this match is key. Does it start off the show? Probably should. Just, just let's go. Um, I don't think it needs to go longer than 10 minutes. Um, but we'll know. Um, obviously it seems like this is a, a huge jumping point for Jack Perry moving forward. I would assume it'd be fucking really dorky if he's like, I want you in a cage match and then gets murdered. Uh, but, uh, who knows? Like you said, Christian's in a sling and I don't know how much longer this thing's going to continue because I thought that they might pivot and kind of have them go in different directions, but not really. And if we're just going to stretch this out until Christian's healthy, we're looking at like double or nothing. Could you imagine doing this shit until April? I don't want to. So yeah, I, I we'll see. That's kind of like a put a pin in it. This is probably going to be like the talking with people match where I'm kind of like not closely paying attention. You want to do you want to do the big one? <laughs> I'm not ready for the big one yet. Sure. Okay. We can we can we can hold off. Let's talk about uh let's keep this weird energy moving. What's up with this eliminator tournament? Right? So I thought this was just me with my fingers off the pulse. I was like <laughs> we were like chatting earlier. I was like, wait a second. Did Brian Cage Dante happen already? Like, <laughs> yeah, Cage won. I was like, okay. So the timing of all this doesn't work out. So so lay it out for me. Friday is oh. they're finally doing Starks Archer. Yeah. Starks Archer is gonna happen Friday. They're still calling it a first round match. So like they're not they're not blind. They know how math works and they realize like we've already got four rampage matches. We know Cage and Starks cannot happen on Friday. There's just not time, which leaves us with basically three slash four options. We've got Starks wins against Archer, and for some reason Cage isn't allowed to compete, and it just moves to the finals. We've got Starks wins against Archer, and they do Cage Starks as the buy-in, and then Archer, and then Starks has to go face Ethan on the pay-per-view later that night. Um, which which actually, would be an, an incredible think, story. I think that's the route they're going, if I'm putting a prediction on it. We've got Lance Archer gets himself like disqualified somehow because he keeps trying to attack Ricky, and it just turns into Ricky versus Cage on Friday. That doesn't sound like Tony Khan. No. So I think that's easily the least likely. And then we've got, I guess, 
Lance Archer wins and something weird happens to Cage, which I don't think is happening either. I think we're getting Starks at the buy-in over Cage after beating Archer on Friday. Here's the thing I hate the most about this, because I agree. I think we're getting Friday, obviously, Starks versus Archer. Should actually be a fun match. For sure. For sure. Uh, I would have liked to have seen it a week ago. Yeah. Um, and then I think on the buy-in, you do Cage and Starks. There's a shared history there. It's interesting to people like the two of us, but that's a buy-in match. And then later on in the night, you have Ethan Page versus Starks and, you know, the the Valiant trying to do that. Um. If that's the case, fuck Tony Khan. <laughs> Ricky Starks is someone who had a broken neck, a, a very serious neck injury, and you're having him do a no disqualification street fight, whatever they're going to call it, with Lance Archer. Not that he's like a dangerous person in the ring, oh, far but far it's far. like that's that's that is a a, a borderline dangerous environment, depending on the bumps that they're going to take. That's Friday night. Then if you do a buy-in match, you're putting him up, up against Brian Cage. Like, what are the odds of Brian Cage dropping Ricky wrong? Significantly higher, right? I and then he would wrestle again that night? He's a gentle worker. Mm. Whenever he starts doing flips and stuff, and he's kind of like in the air and can't control himself, that's where things tend to go. Do you know what, like, what yeah. was the spot with Samoa Joe from like a couple weeks back where he just like dumped his entire body weight onto Joe's neck? I was like, oh my God, dude. Or gut feeling. Brian Cage can't shut up. And Tony Khan's like, all right, I'm just not, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not going to use you on TV. Um, there's there's this whole weird dynamic between him and Tony Khan, so I would not be shocked if they just ignore the fact that Brian Cage was in the tournament, and then you get Starks Page at the pay-per-view. Um, I think both of those are in play. Regardless, I, I, I think it's, it's pretty obvious that Starks versus Page is the play here, uh, like we've thought the whole time, and it's Ethan Page winning. Um, is there anything that I'm missing here? No, I think that's I think that's clearly the story. Um, it it would not surprise me if it really was a scenario that Cage opened his mouth again and made a moron of himself. That would not surprise me, except they referred to Archer and Starks as a first round match, and it seems more like Tony Khan to retcon that right now and just with no explanation say it's the semifinal <laughs> rather than doing it on Friday. That's a lot of work for Ricky Starks, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's you're putting him in a really hard spot. But I, th- I mean, um, the idea and the story, right, is that Ricky's the huge underdog overcoming a bunch of odds, beating Archer, beating following just yeah. short of Ethan. As far as getting Ricky a push without the broken neck, fantastic. Like, and the push without him getting the win, yeah, like at the paper way to get him over, like, really, really good way to get him over. Yeah, it makes me a little nervous, but that's I think that is the way it's the way it's going. Yeah. Um what's the vibe 
on Ethan Page right now? Where are you at? I think he's going to open a lot of eyes when they start putting a mic in his hand more often, and I think it's going to work. I do. I, I like him. I think he can talk. I I don't think... I thought his match against Bandito was really solid. That freaking top rope spot was absolutely insane. Tries for the Eagle's Edge off the top rope. Bandito just pops up and does that Hurricane Rana. And, like, Bandito's... It got like, me. That's a two-person spot. Yeah. You can't do that if Ethan Page sucks. Like, yeah. It took both of them to make that look as incredibly seamless as it did. So I'm 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 big on Ethan. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people here. I'm still not sold because I've seen him. I don't want to say at his worst, but I saw him as he was, you know, becoming a big deal. Oh yeah, you no, know, we, we know that post. Yeah, yeah post Monster Mafia. Uh, with uh, Josh Alexander, like I, I got to see a good chunk of his singles run. And I was like, he's fine. You know, he was an indie guy. He's basically where Titus Alexander is now. Um, I look oh, at <laughs> Tits. Um, I look at Ethan Page, and I just think WWE wrestler. That like he's he's that kind of just like very safe, very dependable. Um, ab- above, you know, replacement level. I just don't see him as a credible threat to the AEW title. And winter is coming is like what a month away, something like that. Uh, they've got a lot of work to do, man. Um, like we've said from the start, and I think he needs to have an amazing match at the pay per view to the point where people are like, "Oh my god, this guy could actually win it," and it not feel weird. But I don't know if we're going to get there by then uh, because he hasn't had the mic time. He hasn't really had the physically dominating performance. Now, there were some spots against Bandito that looked amazing, but I don't look at this. dude. He's not. If he cleanly beats Lance Archer at the pay-per-view, that's kind of like an oh shit. This like if he does a top rope finisher. <laughs> To Lance Archer, body, body. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm still not sold on him. So I'm interested to see what his weekend looks like. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's designed to be a longer arc too. Like, I don't think they're trying to make him the most credible challenger yet. They're just trying to open our eyes to it so that in a year down the road, when they get towards the TNT title picture with him, it becomes more believable. Not unlike the route they took with Scorpio Sky, just with less injuries, hopefully. Which he should be back soon, right? I think he's got to be getting close. I haven't heard any updates like one way or the other, but it's, I feel like it's been a solid four or five months now. But he was already working hurt when he dropped it. So who knows how much damage he actually did during that last, like, kind of, kind of month there. I thought him and Ethan Page were a really solid team. They were fantastic together. I liked that team a lot. They jumped well. What do you want to jump to next? You know what? Let's do the. I don't want to. Maybe it's the strangest match of the night: Sting and Darby Allen against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. If you had that on your 2022 pay-per-view prediction contest, you win. I don't know how anybody would have had that on their bingo cards. Yeah, it it's still I I still have so, like such mixed feelings on Jeff Jarrett and this company. Um. This uh, honestly might be my least interesting match. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. 
We've barely just don't... lately too, right? Like the build's been weird. Right, yeah. Like there's 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 some weird stuff here where I'm just yeah. like I mean the only thing I want to see, credit to Jared for getting me here. I just want to see him eat a guitar to the back of the head. That's it. That's all I want. I just want to see Sting brain him with a guitar. Uh, Darby hits the coffin. I almost called the coffin flop. Hit him with a coffin drop for the win. Yeah, it's not a real show. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Like it, it kind of just is what it is. Like Jay Lethal is the replacement level guy. Jeff Jarrett for his entire career was the replacement level guy. Um, Sick theme song though. Sick song. I like that. <laughs> yeah, dude. I uh, I don't know. And honestly, part of me is hoping that this is just Jarrett's kind of swan song. He just he he did this so he could have the match with Sting, with Sting and Darby right? at the pay per view. Yeah. Right. It makes sense. Um, you know, the people who are our age and older are going to be like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Um, it, it should be a passing of the torch moment. Um, and like I said, I'm hoping that this this is a good way for Jarrett to just kind of do this. Maybe move on to a big picture thing, but I think it would be cool if he just did a, a backstage role. No one sees him. He might show up every once in a while. I'm fine with that. I'm more than fine with that. Um, what are you, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, that that echoes it pretty pretty accurately. I think uh, even if you use him sparingly, like you, know, you get a couple random big Jeff Jarrett matches a year that are used to help kind of pass the torch to some young guys and. It's not offensive. I've got no issue with that. I have no desire to see him be a, a weekly character week in and way at, week out as the head of Jay Lethal's stable alongside Sanjay Dutt. But I think Sanjay Dutt does that just fine. He does it great. And Tony's a big fan of Sanjay, so I don't see that happening either. I, I, I'm going to hold off judging this too much because I have no idea where it's going. And I think there are a lot of ways to, to make this work just fine and be a good arrangement for everybody. So I'm not offended by, by the match or anything like that. What are the odds we finally see Satnam Singh do the lethal injection in this match? Um, you know what? For the sake of symmetry, I'm going to use my Sasha number and go 15%. <laughs> Honestly, can you imagine the pop? <laughs> People would, dude, I would be the, the dude from the, uh, what was the WrestleMania match where that like dude was like, oh, it was the, un- it was the Undertaker match against, uh, fuck it. Lesnar, where Lesnar beat him, and that one dude in the crowd's like, yeah. ah! dude, the close up shots of Satnam Singh hitting a lethal injection <laughs> on the sting, or like while Darby's midair <laughs> doing a coffin drop. Just saying, I cannot wait to get my hands on AEW Fight Forever because I'm going to have Satnam Singh doing some really cool shit. I mean, um, someone can make it on Fire Pro for you right now. <laughs> They did the, the <laughs> punk shot lariat where punk does a punk shot on uh, falls over grabbing his knee. I was dying. Hilarious. Dying. Um all right, next up. Where do you want to jump? I've picked the last couple. Hit me with it. Do Let's do the women's match. All right. Um Soraya versus Britt. Why did it take a fucking month for Soraya to finally have this promo that she had on Dynamite tonight? That's all she needed to say was that I chose to be here. 
I want to be here. I want to face the best to prove that I belong here. That's it. It, it that's that's all I've ever wanted to hear. Big time. That was a huge step in the right direction. We can look all we want and go, why did it take this long? Why did it take this long? That's a good question going forward for booking the rest of the people. But at this point, it's a sunk cost and kudos to the people who actually listened and made that course correction because that's a big deal. Should it have taken this long? No, but we can't change the past. And they could have stuck to their guns and ran with it. Instead, one week out, they listened, they course corrected, and they made this match far more enjoyable going into full gear. So full credit for at least fixing it now and hopefully lesson learned going forward. Cause that promo was 20 seconds and did way more for me than any of the other ones. And Brit's promo was freaking awesome. So she was good. Her makeup was insane, but yeah, the promo itself was really good. I, I can't tell you if I'm looking forward to this match or not. It's really weird you don't know what because it's just like, forward. Well, I don't know what we do afterwards. That's where it's just like we can't we can't put Soraya in the title picture no. unless she is like on. Um, I mean, unless she had a match in front of Tony Khan before he signed her, and he was, and like, was like, "Holy no, shit!" Yeah. Like we I mean, we can't no, right. Like <laughs> you never know. But if she can go in the ring and she drops the whole women's revolution, Stephanie McMahon bullshit, she could be a real asset. And I don't think the damage is done where she's not recoverable. Am oh, I over it? Yes, I don't. <laughs> I I don't. I don't need it. I'm. I'm whatever. But I. I think people could be into it. I just. I don't know, man. You can't give Britt the win because her going right back into the title picture to face Tony Storm and do the whole thing with Jamie Hayter. She's definitely not going to be facing Jade. And beating her for the title, unless you know she's just a scalp for Jade to collect. Um, but then you know you have Soraya lose right out of the gate. I, I just I'm not I'm not a fan of where we can go with this. I just I kind of want to just like I'm trying to distance myself so I can just watch it and just kind of take it in instead of just being like, oh, this is gonna suck. Soraya's the fucking worst. Like I'm, I'm actively trying here, and I think that that promo tonight really helped me get here. I, I, honestly, I hope Saray is the best woman in the division because this division would be so much better for it. But I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I'm still optimistic. I don't, I don't need Saraya to be in the title picture. I think you can run with enough other. If she's someone who brings a big name, brings a credible name, and can help elevate some mid-card feuds and make that stuff more relevant. I, I mean, you might be able to pop a number with her challenging on TV. Absolutely. So I think that yeah, I think there's I don't a know. lot of positive outcomes without needing to put her in the title picture. So and especially when, you know, if we're fighting for instead of two women's matches a week for a third, well that third one's not getting fifteen minutes. It's gonna get five. And having someone like her credible for those five minute slots too. Not a bad thing. Yeah. All yeah, right. I don't think that's bad at all. That wraps up the women's side of things on the men's side of things. We've got the final of the trilogy swerve in our glory against the acclaimed for the tag titles. Again, I think it was their best music video yet. Like production. Oh production. It is fine. 
Rap-wise, it wasn't their best, but like just in terms of production quality, I think it was noticeably better than the last ones. I think this needs to be one of the last times we do this on TV. I think it's one of the things where if they drop it online and they make a big deal about it there, maybe let's do it on Rampage where there's, you know, no real fear of driving people away, uh, you know, with their, you know, point one ones, point one twos. Yeah. Um, it was very weird to do the entrance, then the video, and then Swerve's just fucking back there looking at his watch the whole time, walking back and forth. Like that I I didn't like that feeling. Um it was fine. I didn't mind the video itself. It's just not what I would have done. As far as this match, dude. I think it's the wrong call. Um these these teams have awesome chemistry which is the entire reason why there's a third match. We've never before had two teams in consecutive pay-per-views fight for the tag team titles. So it's cool that, you know, it's these teams. Um, we're definitely getting the breakup of Keith Lee and Swerve. I mean, that's the reason Swerve won tonight, right? Yes. Like, the whole reason is to feel that So break. he could lose. Yeah. So we can um, blame it on Keith. Yeah. Or he just bails. He just bails during the match. Yeah. For the case. Um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the acclaimed right now. I think their matches are very solid. They're over, dude. Like they like everywhere they go, the roof blows off. Would you say? Even with this shitty ass crowd. Right? Uh, I was shocked to not see FTR tonight. That was weird. Uh, I'm guessing that we do something on Rampage so they face the ass boys on the pre-show. I would have much rather had the acclaimed versus FTR not knowing who's going to win that match because both teams make way too much sense. And I wouldn't have either one lose and I'm like, "That's, that's a cool match to me. And then do Swerve versus Keith Lee. That that I I don't know. I just I feel like that would have been a much better way to go. But yep. here we are, and I'm a much less patient Booker than Tony Khan. Um, the match itself should be really really good. Like I said, they have great chemistry. Um, as much as we hype up Swerve, I think Keith Lee is a legit a legit contender to the AEW title as soon as he's done with the tag team. And I, I think he's going to have a meteoric rise and it would be a real damn shame if he falls into the TNT picture instead, which would, would be cool. You get big athletic cost matches that, you know, like 30 years ago would have been pretty brutal to watch like 30, 40 years ago. But now it's just like, whoa, these guys can do like topes and shit. And like backflips and Wardlow's doing whisper in the wind. Um, Keith Lee could be a pay-per-view draw. And if I'm looking at the very short list of AEW champions, Keith Lee's up there. Keith Lee is way up there. Um, So yeah, I'm looking forward to the match because I know it's going to deliver. Um, I'm just hoping that this isn't an opportunity for the crowd to hijack the match the way that they did during all out uh, the tail end of that was pretty rough. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. 
we've got the breakup of Wardjo into a triangle match, a big old triangle hoss fight. Lord Low, Samoa Joe, and Powerhouse Hobbs, only for the TNT title, not for both titles. Not that I expected it to be, but still important to note. Samoa Joe's title is not on the line. What do you got coming out of this one? Not Samoa Joe. <laughs> like that one makes the least amount of sense. Him having the two titles just because Samoa Joe's at the point now where he can't really carry a match by himself. Um, he needs to have like a really great person out there. So I wouldn't have a champion in that role, a double champion, especially. Um, it would make sense for Wardlow to beat Hobbs. It would make sense for Hobbs to beat Wardlow. Um, I just don't really see Joe in the finish. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of odd. Um, uh, if I'm doing it, I think we get something along the lines of, um, Joe uses his title to hit Wardlow. Hobbs dumps him over the top, something like that. And then Hobbs beats a prone Wardlow. Um, that way he can beat the champ, but the champ's like still credible because he shouldn't have fucking lost. Um, and that way he can go right into the AEW title picture. Because if you have Hobbs beat Joe, Joe is already holding another title and it wouldn't make sense to go that way. Do you see what I mean? Like, it's kind of a weird dynamic where I, like I said, I think regardless of what happens, Joe isn't going to be the person to eat the pin or submission or be the one to win. Um, what about you? Yeah, I fall in the same lines. I have Wardlow going over Hobbs for the win. I assume the reason Joe's still in the match is they want to build to just Wardlow against Joe at a later date for whichever title it is at, at whenever. Could be final battle, could be way later, but I don't see Joe playing into the, the finish really. I think Wardlow gets a relatively clean pin over Hobbs because I think this is designed to be one of the, the final arcs in the Wardlow rehabilitation project after Double or Nothing sucked all the wind out of his sails and nobody gave a shit for a while. I think even just the way he showed up tonight, it seems to be that it's working to kind of help rehabilitate his image as, as TNT champion and making it a little more meaningful than it was, which was something he's talked about like off the record, on the record, but like out of character too, like wanting to, to get the momentum back. So that's, that's my vibe on the match as a whole. Yeah. It, it feels weird. I think it's going to be a blast though. Oh, and yeah, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, man, is this ROH title match weird? Weird. You want to talk about someone where I don't know what? I mean, Jericho wins, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, you could just have Jericho. Yeah, it has to be Claudia. Um. All right, let's 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 go, let's go. Uh, Buzzfeed style. We'll we'll do a a a ranking. 
So Jericho's the most likely person to win the match, right? Yep. So he's in number one. Who's at number four? The least likely to win. It's Sammy, right? Sammy. Then would we say in the third spot would be Claudio? Given that he just submitted Jericho, I think so. And then number two would be Danielson, right? I think so, yeah. I think that's the order. What do you do at final battle? Because I, I think that that's more interesting to me than what we do in this, you know, four person match for the title. Uh, do we do Garcia? Because yeah, we can't, we can't do Jericho Danielson again. No, no. I think, We've already done that like three times. I think it's all going to depend on if it's, if it's only a streaming service and not a TV deal. I think you do Garcia at final battle and get to that program quickly to start it, whether or not he wins or loses and wins later. So Jericho versus Garcia. Yeah. To I'm guessing unify the titles. That would be the idea. Yeah. If it's, if it's a on TV, HBO max. Yeah. I think if it's an actual TV deal, maybe you stall that out. So that the first round of it's on TV because you want Jericho to have a few weeks on TV as champion first, but Given that I think the likely destination is streaming on HBO Max, I think you run Jericho Garcia final battle and get that started, even if Garcia doesn't win yet. I like that. Oh, so Garcia loses at final battle and then puts the both titles on the line. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if he gets past them the first try, but actually I would very much like that story. I think that would be really good because that's not the way that AEW books in short-term fashion. So the fact that it would give ROH a different feel, which is something that like Tony Khan's going to have to be very careful about. Yes. I'm so excited for ring of honor to start, but it cannot feel like no, AEW. It, can't. it cannot. Um, in the same way that NXT feels like it's just the weird little offspring yeah. of the main roster. Yeah. Um, it didn't, right. It was its own different thing. Right. I'm very much looking forward to this match. Um, Sammy Guevara by himself is pretty hard for me to digest right now, but him with Jericho works very, very well. I think Jericho keeps his worst like faults kind of at an arm's length and encourages him to do the things that he's really good at. This tag match tonight being the perfect example, I thought Sammy was really solid. Um, he's not, he's not really a one V one guy right now in the way that he will be like what three, five years from now. So I think this match is going to be a blast. I think we're going to have Claudio and Danielson. I think Claudio is going to be a man on fire. And I think Danielson's going to be chopping the shit out of everybody. And I cannot wait until we get the Claudio versus Danielson moments in this match. And I, I, wow, that's, yeah, I'm I'm psyched for that part. Um, any anything about this match? Because I think that's it. That's it for the card, right? There, there's nothing. Nothing else to... is happening. Uh, it's it's kind of disappointing. I was hoping for maybe one more match, but so okay. But so what? What other matches do you think are going to get added to the card? Like, obviously, there's the buy-in. Yeah, we'll have um, Cape Starks at the buy-in. I think FTR Ass Boys at the buy-in, and 
here's my sneak peek buy-in match that I don't think anybody's going to see coming. Mercedes Martinez against Athena for the ROH Championship. Because nobody really notices this yet unless they've read the dark spoilers. Mercedes had a dark match tonight, her first match back since being injured. And they got to heat her up for final battle. Now, maybe it's not actually against Athena. That would be insane. Else, but I think Mercedes on the buy-in is my sneak peek. Ha ha, you heard it here first. Okay. okay. Um, I think FTR ass boys. That's the match. Mercedes, <laughs> book it. There you go. Let's go. Um, let's talk about this tag match on Rampage that's coming up. This absolutely insane throwing the biggest bone to Eddie Kingston match. That is like that's his dream match, and Takeshita's back. Like this, this match is Eddie's career. Like. He couldn't even keep it together in his promo. There was, like, that wasn't Eddie Kingston, the wrestler. That was fanboy Eddie Kingston in that promo. You I haven't seen the promo. Is it good? It's neutral. Um, it's just, like, it's just, <laughs> I mean, you know what the match means to him. He dropped, he, like, drops the thing about, like, it was 1998 when I saw June and somebody at whatever show, and I knew I had to face this guy. And you could tell how much it means to Eddie, and he, like, he couldn't keep it together and give it real Eddie Kingston promo. Do we do Akiyama Eddie at the pay-per-view? At the buy-in? You could do that, yeah. That would be a hell of a buy-in match. Or in the buy-in. Yeah. So. Um, all right. We fucked around long enough. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they will not be the wayward sons. Oh. They abandoned the trademark. Kansas will not be blaring. Well, unless we they just paid, sure. unless they yeah. just paid like even for a one-time thing, right? Sixty thousand dollars to play the song once. Fuck it, Tony Khan does owe them a favor. Yeah, um, <laughs> as long as they don't come out to the BTE theme, I am so hyped for the Elite challenging the Death Triangle for the trios title. We are legitimately talking about a match of the year contender. We yeah. are talking about a match, um, no hyperbole. I would pay the full pay-per-view price just to see this match. For fuck's sake, the elite against the Beaver Boys and Hangman was like borderline match of the year contender. Right. And that no disrespect to the Beaver Boys, big fan, Johnny Hungy, Alex Reynolds, but like Death Triangle is on a whole other level. We're not comparing the same thing here. And Phoenix and Pentagon have an awesome, awesome history oh, with the Young Bucks. Oh God, is this gonna be Plus awesome. we get Pac versus Omega again. Yeah, this is going to be incredible yeah um i am so excited for this um talk about match placement it should be the main event it's not going to the main event is going to have to like do some really insane shit to beat this trios match i think Um, open the show with it i've got the elite winning the titles and we we i I kind of but i i fantasy I fantasy booked it last week, but I think Death Triangle breaks up after this. Yeah. Um, because I don't think whoever loses this match, I don't know where the fuck they go next. Mm-hmm. Like if the Elite lose, um, I don't know. Malachi Black and the Spooky Boys, like we're gonna get that eventually. They're probably gonna be the ones to beat the Elite for the titles. Um, and as far as Death Triangle, it's like they've they've carry yeah, this place we've talked about it we've we've gotten the perfect death triangle run it's time to wrap it up and 
move on with those careers to where they need to go, but good God. I, yeah, I think I just go first with this match. I'm so psyched for it. Nothing can follow it, so... <laughs> so put the cage match after it. Exactly. Um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm so excited. The uh, I'm I'm excited to have these guys back. Oh my like God. it's it's so wild that the elite are healthy and I, we just haven't seen them in two months. I said like this wasn't my favorite way to do the build without seeing them, but to be honest, I don't know that any build. Hey, who after... told you that was going to be oh, the you the point? Literally, books this exact build. But it's hard because like the the most overwhelming emotion is just pure relief. So like I don't know if there's a build that would make me more hype because there's just such a wave of thank God they're back, like it's fine going through my body that it didn't matter what they did. It's just pure relief. <laughs> and can't wait um, to come back to Canada. Maybe I'll fly to London. Check out the show <laughs> over there. <laughs> I mean, I'm there right now. Yep. It's uh, it's it's great. Uh, I do have to get on my flight to, back to the states though, so I can get to work first thing in the morning. Um, Caliber have done it plenty of times on I'm, dark. I've spent so much money on these flights back and forth every week for dynamite. Hardly I might as well. Like... I should just have cable at this point. Yep. Um, really quick before we leave. Would it be weird if Adam Cole came back at the pay-per-view? Like, I haven't heard anything about him. He's He does Twitch, but he's very focused on that. I don't think we're going to get Adam Cole. I, I get the scary feeling he's still not even close. I, I hate to say it. But what about Hanger? Do we see Hanger at the pay-per-view? Now, that I think we see. And I think... I think they shortcut it a bit and we actually get a mini reunion when the elite win. Maybe what not would be the, would it be him meeting them on the stage? Like what's the emphasis to have hangman come out? Yeah, I, I think it's pack it's, tries to cheat. Could be. Could do pack trying to cheat. Could do just hangman coming out and, you know, giving a little congratulations, nod to kickstart it something, but I think we get some type of, positive interaction between the elite and hangman at the pay-per-view so we didn't get to do the fantasy uh faction thing we were going to do how amazing would it be if we just combined the elite with the dark order guys i would be really down for that (laughs) i i think it would just refresh everything yeah um wayward sons even kind of would have fit Right? That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh my god. It would be perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, Have Colt Cabana in the same faction as the Bucks and Kenny. I'm like, oh my god. It's too good. It's too good to happen. Um, So yeah. I'm trying to think of like who could be coming back to the roster that would be a really, really big deal. The Bunny? She could be coming back. Uh already outdraws Roman, so it's <laughs> she is the big the big deal. I did feel bad for her tonight though, whenever she couldn't oh, wrestle. I was like, right. oh, that's like a that bummer. sucks. Um so yeah, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Um I'm not quite sure 
you know, what the show is going to look like if we're going to do a post. I, what I'm saying is don't be shocked if we get another episode out before next Wednesday or we just do a big thing after. But regardless, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, spread the word. We're definitely looking for growth at this point. Um, <laughs> we appreciate the interaction. Um, you guys are awesome. Uh, we appreciate the feedback. Keep it coming and uh, enjoy your weekend. Mitch, I hope you get feeling better. Um, until until next time. <laughs> I'm Jake. I'm Mitch. We're the Bingo Hall boys. I stepped all over you. I apologize, but I literally have the shot clock to go. I, I have to get this out. I'm working with fucking children. All right. <laughs> We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye.